In the previous episode, I showed you how to use Active Merchant to handle a payment transaction over PayPal's gateway. But the question is, how do we use this knowledge that we learned in a Rails application and uh, create a fully functional checkout process? Well, that's what I want to show you how to do today. First of all, let me show you what we have to work with. Uh, this is just a simple Rails application with products, and we have the option to add products to the cart. And then what we want to get working here is this checkout button. Right now it just does nothing, just takes you back to the cart. We want it to go to a page where the user fills out their credit card information, and then they can check out all on this one page here, this one site. The first step is to install Active Merchant into our application. Now we can install it as a plugin, but I want to use a gem here because it's a, it's a rather large project, and gems have better dependency support, and you can specify the version in a more cleaner way. So let's do config gem called Active Merchant. That's the name of the gem. And then we have to specify the lib option because the actual file you load is uh, the different name with the underscore in between. And we can even specify a version here if we want to, uh, say in 1.4.1, which is our latest version of the gem that we're using. And now just to make sure we have that version of the gem, let's run rake gems install on our Rails directory. And that will look through our config environment, make sure that we have all the necessary gems installed, and we do. Now let's take a look at our purchase script again and see what's next. We are already loading Active Merchant in a Rails application. So next we need to set our mode to test and specify our gateway. Now both of these details are specific to the Rails environment. Uh, it'll need to change whether you're in production or development or test. So those individual configuration files is a good place to put this information. Okay, so instead of my development environment config file, we might do something like this, where we have an after initialize block, and this is necessary because we want to make sure that active, the active merchant gem is loaded here um, in order to do this initialization. So um, what we're doing here is setting the mode to test, and then we're setting our gateway to a constant so we can access it uh, anywhere in our application. Now notice I'm prefixing this with two colons. This is just Ruby's way to make sure the constant stays at the very root of the application so it can easily be accessed anywhere. Um, otherwise, it'll be set, the constant will be set within the scope of the current uh, class, which this happens to get evaluated under. And then in our test environment config file, we want to do something similar where we um, have that after initialize block and set it to test. However, we want to set this gateway to a bogus gateway so we don't have to uh, contact the PayPal gateway every single time. And then finally, in our production config file, we want to do something similar to development, except set the mode to production. And then, of course, we'd replace this gateway settings with whatever you need to set up uh, in your actual production PayPal uh, settings. Now that we got our configuration out of the way, let's take a look at our application again and think of how we want our checkout process to behave. Well, all I really want is a simple form where they type in their credit card information and complete the purchase. So if we have a form, we're likely going to create a resource of some kind. And in this case, I want to create a model, and I'm going to name that model order. So let's start by creating a, mo a new model called order. I'm going to use my nifty scaffold generator here because I want to create a controller too. So we want a resource called order, and that controller is just going to have a new action, and a create action will be added to it as well because we just want a form to start out with for creating an order. 
So what kind of attributes should this order have? Um, well, we want a cart ID because we want it to belong to a given cart, so we know what that is. Uh, we want to store the user's IP address. We'll gra grab that in the background when they place the order. Um, we want a first name, field, and a last name. And uh, let's put the card type in here. And the card expires on date. Um, I think that's pretty good for now. We definitely do not want to store the credit card numbers in our database because that comes with a lot of strict security requirements. Even if you're uh, encrypting the card number, just it's just best of all just to not do it. Uh, just don't store that information in the database. Now, if you do need to do recurring billing, uh, it's best to have your gateway store the card information, but we're not going to deal with that in this episode. That's We'll save that for a later date. All right, and we can submit that. Now, in a real application, you'll likely want to add a lot more fields like a billing address, shipping address, and so on. But for this episode, I'm going to keep it very simple and just stick with this. All right, so then we can migrate our database. And then we can set up our models association so a given cart uh, has one order. And a given order uh, belongs to a cart. So now that we have this order um, resource, let's change this checkout link on the cart page to go to our new order path. So now when we click checkout on our shopping cart page, we go to the new order page. It's great. So there's a lot of stuff we still have to do here, but this is a good first step. A um, couple things we need to take out those fields, but we also want to add a credit card number field and a uh, credit card code verification value field as well. So what we can do here is inside of our order model, make a couple uh, more attributes here, one called card number and another one to store the card verification value. So this way these are attributes which will be stored in memory and never saved to the database, but we still want these attributes here so we can create form fields for them. Next, let's clean up this order form a little bit. We want to take out a couple of these fields. Um, we want to add our credit card number in here. Card number. And our um, card verification code. And let's clarify this a little bit. Uh, let's say value and type in CVV just to make it more clear. Now, of course, there's a lot more we can do to, to clarify this with a little link and pictures and so on, but we'll just keep things simple. And we also want our card type to be a, a select menu with the, the different options instead of a simple text field. And let's also change the card expiration date a little bit here. We also we want to keep it a date select, but um, we want to discard the day um, select menu and change our start and end years so that it's not Go, we don't have the option to select previous years, and um, we want to display the number of the month along with the, the name there. And so if we reload the page here, um, it's looking quite a bit nicer. Of course, there's a lot more we can do here, but let's just leave it at that for now. Now let's take a look at our orders controller that the scaffolding generated for us, specifically the create action here, which is gets triggered when you submit the form. So we want to change this order creation a little bit so that we go through our current cart and call build order there. And that will use that has one association we set up and automatically will set up the association for us when we create it. And we also want to set our IP address here to the current request remote IP. So that way um, 
we track that information. Now we still want to save our order, but if we if a validation succeeds, then we want to make a purchase on the order. But I'm not going to get into that quite yet. Let's first focus on validations because we want to perform a credit card validations on our order model as well here. Now you may recall inside of our purchase script that we wrote in the last episode, we can call creditcard.valid and then grab any validation error messages that may be. So we can use this inside of our order model to kind of integrate it into there so the validation error messages show up as order validation error messages. So inside of our order model, let me create a custom validation here, just paste it in to speed things up a bit. Um, I'm doing a validate on create and triggering a custom error, uh, method called validate card, which is right here. And so whenever we create an order, it'll check the validations here, see if our credit card has any validation error messages, loop through those, and add each error message to our order model as a validation error message there. So that way, if our credit card is invalid, our order will be as well. And notice I have this credit card method, which just builds up a credit card, an active merchant credit card like we did in our script, but using the information that the user types in when they create the order. All right, so now let's see what happens if we submit this form with no values filled in, and then we get some validation error messages generated by Active Merchant's credit card um, object. Now that that's working, let's go back to our orders controller and change this behavior for when our order successfully saves, we want to also do a purchase. So let's say order.purchase, and if that succeeds, let's render um, like a success message. And if that fails, let's render a failure message. But the important point here is that this purchase uh, logic always stays inside of our order model so we don't have a lot of logic inside of our controller. So we need to make these two different views here. So let's just do that real quick here. We'll make a success HTML page and we'll just type in success here and a failure one. We'll just type in failure, and this is actually if the gateway fails the transaction for some reason, maybe they don't have the necessary funds or something. And so I'll leave it up to you to add the, whatever logic you want in here or message saying, um, please contact us to process your transaction because it failed for some reason. Okay, and so we still need to implement this purchase method inside of our order model. So let's do that next. So inside of our order model, that method might look something like this, um, where we have call our gateway constant that we set up in our environment, call purchase on that, grab our price in cents, which is the car's total, um, pass in our credit card object, which we have down there, our IP address. Um, if that's successful, then we want to update our, our cart and say it's purchased, and then um, just return whether it was successful or not to the method. Now let's see if this works. Let's submit this new order form with valid data, click submit, then it takes a few seconds to process through PayPal sandbox. And then we get our response back, which of course we want to make this more verbose and with proper um, blurbage for the user. But it's saying failure for some reason instead of success. And the question really is why or is it failing um, and not being a successful transaction like it was with our little purchase script that we wrote in the last episode. Now if we take a look at our order model, this is where we're getting our response back from our gateway. And this is that where it would contain the error message um, if something failed. 
And this kind of reveals a larger problem about this application is that we're not res we're not storing this response message anywhere. We're just returning if it was successful or not. So it's really best and important that we store all the response information we can for with every single transaction that we may process so that when there are problems and uh, we have a complete history of it and uh, we can know what messages are being returned by the gateway and debug them properly. So let's generate a new model called order transaction. Now I'm capturing a lot of information here with these columns, but uh, it's better to capture too much than too little so we can debug problems properly. So it might have an action which would be like whether it's a purchase, an authorization, maybe a credit or um, a void, uh, whether what the amount is of the transaction, the cost of it, um, the success, the authorization code if there is one, our full message, and our parameters, which is going to be all the extra attributes that the gateway returns in the response. All right, so let's just generate this. So now we have this order transaction model. Let's set it up so it belongs to our order. And then our order model uh, has many transactions. Now it's actually order transactions is the full name, but I want to make it more concise because saying order transactions is a little bit redundant if we're already in our order model. But because the association name doesn't match up perfectly with the model name, we do have to specify our class name here saying order transaction. So that way active record can match it up appropriately. So now when we complete a purchase, we're, we want to record our response inside of a transaction. So let's create a new transactions here. And then we want to record the action, which is going to be a purchase. Um, we want to record our amount, which is our price in cents, and all the other details which can be found inside of the response object. So let's just pass that in here, and I'll make an accessor on our transaction model to handle those attributes. So back inside our order transaction, uh, this is what it might look like, just a response setter method. It takes the response and basically just sets each attribute individually, and if there is any um, active merchant errors, exceptions that get raised, we'll just set it to nothing so that at least um, some values get set there. Now one more thing I forgot here is I forgot to serialize our params attribute here because that is a simple object, a, a hash object, and serializing it will allow us to store it safely in our database and retrieve it properly as a hash, hash object. Oh, and one more little thing I forgot here back inside of our order model. Um, when we specify the custom class name for a has-many association, you need to pass it as class name attribute, not simply class. All right, now that we're recording our responses better, let's try submitting this form again. Creating a new order takes a few seconds to process with PayPal. We get our same failure message, but this time we created an order transaction with our necessary response information for debugging this problem. A quick way to check out that information is inside of the development log, and here's what it looks like. As you can see, our message here says, please enter a complete billing address. So this kind of threw me for a loop because a week ago, our purchase script worked fine, but apparently PayPal has updated their system and they now make sure that you have a complete billing address when you try to submit a purchase. So really what we should do is add some billing address attributes to our order model and then add some more fields here when they complete a purchase to uh, request that the user fills out their billing information. But 
that's a little bit long for this episode, so I'm just going to fill in some some dummy billing address information into our order model just to get this working for now. And I'll leave the adding the fields here uh, for you as an exercise. Alright, so inside of our order model, we need to change this hash that we're passing into our purchase method to include our billing address. Um, because that's quite a bit long, I'm just going to make a new method called purchase options. And then let's add that as a private method here. And this was what it might look like. I'm just going to toss in some dummy billing address information into here just so we get this working. But of course you would just pass in whatever attributes you would have on your order model that you get from the user. All right, let's try this one more time, submitting an order. And this time, because we're sending our billing information, we should get a success message response back from PayPal. Um, once it contacts the server, and there we go. There's our success message because PayPal approved the order. Now there is still a lot more work to be done here and clean, cleaning things up, but hopefully this gave you a good enough start on implementing this kind of thing in your own application. Now one quick final note here is that you obviously want to use HTTPS for a secure socket connection when you're in your production environment because you're handling credit card transactions and um, sensitive user information. Now because we are using PayPal's payment gateway, they require that we also provide another option called Express Checkout if we're just performing the, the orders on our site. And it's a really good idea to do that anyway because it basically allows the user to type in their PayPal username and password and, and purchase through that rather than just always using a credit card. So that's actually going to be the topic of the next episode. And then after that, I plan to uh, cover recurring billing as well. But after that, I'll hopefully get back into some more normal episodes uh, because I know not everyone's interested in e-commerce. But hopefully you've enjoyed this series, and uh, I look forward to uh, hearing your feedback. This episode is sponsored by Pragmatic Screencasts. There you will find high-quality screencasts on a variety of subjects, including Ruby and Rails. Check them out at pragmatic.tv.